0: Before we bring on today's guest, I'd like to mention that the Digital Broker Podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Ryan,
1: you've have some experience with Indio, don't you? I do. I do. I, I like them as a software company that builds um, forms that are easy for your clients to use that, that help reduce, you know. But I also really love their commitment to the broker space. These are broker centric insuretech company that will help you look like an insuretech player. It's not a dirty word. It's nothing that we have to be afraid of. We just have to identify those that are broker centric and those that are dismediate. those that are trying to remove the broker. And Indio is all about the broker. You can watch that in, in how much they are trying to understand the problems that we face. I, I think they're a good partner for anybody to take a hard look at.
0: And to get a demo of the product, you can go to their website, useindio.com, and simply click on the Get Started button and schedule a time. And certainly be sure to let them know that you heard about it on the Digital Broker Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Well, welcome back to the Digital Broker Podcast. I'm Steve Anderson, along with my co-host, Ryan Deeds. Hey, Steve. Hey. So we've been doing a bit of a series um, along agency management systems, and I'm really excited about our guest. We have a, a guest on the show with us today and I'm gonna actually turn it over to you Ryan and let you introduce Chris.
1: So Chris Roman is is the uh, IT visionary behind Magnum Insurance which is a insurance agency in Chicago. Chris and I, uh, speaking back to some of the earlier things, we talked about collaboration and how important going to these association meetings are and Chris is one of my best dearest friends in the world and we met at a NetView conference uh, like in 2003 or something, and we've just been inseparable ever since. And so, it's uh, it's I'm, I'm happy to have Chris on. And Chris, could tell us a little about yourself and a little about your a little bit about your agency.
2: Well oh, good morning, guys. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for uh, for having me on. I'm excited to uh, to join join your little your podcast here. So, um, yeah. So I've uh, I've been with Magnum. Uh, I'm I'm a lifer. Started out of high school, so I've been with them now 20, ooh, boy, 25 years, quarter-century mark. So um, I had, I mean, just really fortunate enough to uh, work with some really great people and, and kind of move through the rankings and get to where I am today. Uh, as far as Magnum is concerned, we are a, uh, we're about 220 employees right now. We have 37 locations. we Mostly geared towards non non standard auto, and uh, that's that's pretty much our niche here in Chicago, and we we very high volume transactions, so we're we're pushing through between new and renewal business about six to seven thousand policies a month. Hmm.
1: Yeah. So just and, and you guys were on Sejita for for a long time. I mean, that's where you and I met, and that, that's the system that you guys had used forever, right?
2: Absolutely, yeah. They were our first uh, major automation system that we had brought in. Prior to that, it was all oh, mostly manual. But yeah, we've been we were with Fujita for uh, twenty about twenty years.
1: And and so I mean, you know, I think about that. You're with this software vendor for twenty years. They're the heart and soul of your organization from a from a technological standpoint, where all your all your your single source of truth, so to speak. And, and this podcast is really about a, you know, you transitioning from Sejita to a new platform called Tech Canary, um, which is an agency management system. And, and can you just kind of walk me through? You know, when did you wake up and say, I, I think that we need to at least evaluate this and look at this? I mean, how did you how did you get to the place where you were willing to to kind of put your job on the line, right? And <laughs> say, let's let's make this transition.
2: You know, it's funny probably about two years prior to us making the decision to move, our our controller at the time had consistently been trying to beg me to look into new systems. And I was like, no, there's no way. We're never leaving Sajida. We have too much involved with it. In a weird way, she actually got me thinking about new systems. I had never considered it beforehand because I knew what was going to be involved with, you know, making that type of transition. But, yeah, it just you know, we started kind of seeing what new tech was was out in the world and how the insurance field was kind of lagging behind and trying to keep up with, you know, with the new technology and just everything that we had to do, whether it was manual processes, whether it was leveraging. You know, we ended up hiring an in-house developer for, for a couple years to try to accomplish some of the goals that we needed and then when when we came across Tech canary it, it kind of just opened our eyes a little bit to the potential and the possibilities that were out there.
0: Chris, this is Steve. Um, how long ago was that? when did when did you first come across Tech canary?
2: We started looking at Tech Canary in oh boy I think it was around October September October of 2016.
0: And when did you go live on the new platform?
2: Uh, we just went live <laughs> on March fifteenth of this year.
1: What was your initial? What was your initial go live date? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're being uh, real. We're being real. They, so.
2: they were very aggressive. They were telling me it was going to be. Uh, I think it was like June. We signed our contract on January thirty first of last year, and uh, we were targeting a June first go live date. All right. So, and so that, we, we, we fell a little behind on that.
0: <laughs> so I, I want to ask, again, you, you saw Tech Canaria. Uh, can I assume you did look at some other platforms out there?
2: We briefly did, to be honest with you. Um, we, had, we had looked at 360 in the past, uh, one of Vertifor's other products.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We had looked at Applied. It wasn't. I think it was Vision. We had looked at a number of years ago and um to be honest with you you know we probably should have done a little bit more due diligence no no slight to you know the decision that we made but you know there were some other products out there but this one just i don't know we saw it and it just completely made sense
0: and and what made sense so what were the things you saw that you felt would be worth because you already indicated you, you didn't want to make the change you knew what was coming right you know what what did you see that uh, in your mind initially I would say and maybe then talk a bit about management buy in that w- outweighed the pain uh, what were the benefits you felt you could see at the end of the road
2: sure so um, you know and not and not to bash the folks at that- Jeta, I mean, that team is a fantastic team. we got great relationships with them. Um, but it just seemed, uh, you know, and Ryan and I had, had had conversations over the years as well, that there wasn't enough being done to develop that product. And um, we just, you know, th- that that was one thing. And then just looking at Tech Canary, majority of the reason was – Nothing against secondary, but I mean it's on Salesforce platform. So Salesforce itself was a big reason of of what kind of leaned us toward that direction. Uh, just the overall customizability. I mean, you know, our 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 niche is very it, it, it's pretty unique. You know, like majority of Sagita agencies are large commercial. You know. Um, commercial agencies that support, you know, a handful of counts, but they're monster books, right? And so in, in our scenario, we had a whole different uh, slew of requirements or necessities that we just we couldn't accomplish uh, easily um, leveraging Sajita. And so looking at Salesforce and the ability to add custom fields, remove custom fields, move them around, create workflows, uh, create custom triggers, et cetera, et cetera, it just, we're like, oh, wow, <laughs> there's a whole different world out there. We, you know, we have a lot of potential in terms of you know, things that we've always wanted to do, but we could never do easily without, you know, having to hire on a huge team or consulting right. firm or whatever.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you and I have always talked about, you know, it's, you have this software like a sajita or like an Applied. And that's your that's your answer. I mean, right? That's so. If you want to get m- more fancy than they're willing to do, or you want to move faster than their development roadmap, you have to sink the resources into the employees to be able to get that functionality created, which then increases your code overhead and your maintenance. And so, you know, one of the things that you and I had gone back and forth with a bunch was how how moving to Tech Canary through the pain, you know. You, there wouldn't be a problem that was unsolvable for you um, down the road, you know, because there are so many integrations and there are so many different things that it can do. You know, if you want texting, you just pop it in and you want accounting feature X, you pop it in. And I mean, has have you been able to see some of that so far, at least if, if not realize it in production to be able to dream big, you know, and kind of say this is this is where we will see this come to fruition?
2: Well, absolutely. But part of the part of our requirement for us to act to to go on board with Tech Canary was we had we had three major other vendors that we wanted to have integrated. So, being that we sell a lot of auto, you know, we we have a third party that we sell roadside assistance through. So we wanted to make sure that there was an integration within TechNary to their system to issue, you know, the Zec pages and, and and bring all that data back in. You know, our premium finance software company, we do a lot of financing, so that was another uh, requirement. And then thirdly, our our rating software that you know that we utilize to get our auto rates. All those three, you know, was was an absolute must in order for us to go forward. And and they were like, "Yeah, absolutely, we can do that." And uh, it wasn't as smooth as, <laughs> as we had hoped. <laughs> uh, I feel that. <laughs> and and we're still working out some bugs, but you know, it, it's it's it never ceases to amaze me. I feel like I understand the business and the processes as 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 well as anybody else. But until end users actually get in and start breaking things. It's at that point. Then we're like, "Oh yeah, okay, let's go back now and kind of rehash that." But yeah, I mean, and and so we've absolutely leveraged Salesforce's App Exchange as well, and and brought in. Oh boy, I think we're already up to like five or six other plugins into our system that that have been key.
0: Chris, can you explain for our listeners who may not understand the App Exchange? Can you explain sure. that a little bit, and and what are the five, a couple of them at least that that you've brought in that uh, has enhanced your operation?
2: Sure. So uh, the App Exchange is just you know it's, it's just like your uh, App Store on your iPhone. Um, since Salesforce is the platform, you know there are developers that will create apps per se and and throw them out. On Salesforce's App Exchange and allow you to basically just download it and install it within your your environment. Um, and if you're lucky, some of them have integrations with other apps that you already have installed. Which our key one was uh, the accounting side. So Techinary doesn't have an accounting package to it, or it doesn't handle any you know general ledger accounting. So we had to go out and get another application installed, which is called Accounting Seed. And fortunately, Tech Canary has a direct integration with tech, uh, with Accounting Seed. You know, every billing that we do, every payment that we receive, gets logged automatically into uh, the accounting backend. Another one that we had to leverage was, we take a lot of credit card payments. So there was a, uh, an application called Chargent, which allows us to process Credit cards from within Salesforce, and automatically, um, same thing. That integrates with accounting suite as well. So those are those those were the two major major ones. Um, we're in the midst of including uh, DocuSign integration right now. We are a Mitel uh, cloud customer, so their phone system integrates within Salesforce. Uh, so all calls will be logged and, and and track uh, at the client level. Hmm.
0: And those integrations were plug and play, or took more work than you expected?
2: Um, not not too difficult. I mean, the going out to the app exchange and saying, "Yeah, install this." I mean, it's almost the same as on your phone. You can, you know, install, <laughs> and in ten minutes, it's installed into your organization there is obviously some configuration that needs to happen
1: Uh, but you don't have to be a techie I mean this is something that kind of a high-level operations person with some kind of technical acumen could could be solving these problems if, if they were in this in lieu of going out hiring a developer or bringing in a consultancy to build something I mean that wasn't the level of complexity right
2: none whatsoever yeah i i used to dabble in code quite a bit and i have not in probably the last four years So my coding acumen has gone pretty much out the window as of late so i was i was definitely able to to get them installed and and pretty much configured up um you know how we want it i will say uh support pretty much with any one of these uh providers has been outstanding
1: so when you buy, so when you when you get your plugin like let's talk about the credit card thing because yes. that's something that so many agencies I think struggle with today is you know do, do they accept it do they not you know what does our class of business demand it in that use case before you were collecting credit cards right you, you there was some mechanism to get that credit card information is that right or yes yeah. and and so now that you've moved to this did what did that create more efficiencies where there was less paperwork to shuffle you'd lead you needed less administration to be able to handle that volume i mean is that scale pretty effectively comparative to the old solution
2: as we are now (laughs) yes when it when we first went live the first couple weeks or first month was was pretty rough because you you still we're still building you know procedures as we went on and um But yeah, the scalability is is pretty much dependent on Salesforce's capabilities. I mean, because it resides inside of Salesforce, so um, it's not going out to a third party site to process it and then you know come back.
1: How did you How did you tell your users? What was the first day that that you said, you know, what we're gonna we're gonna start to make this change? Because I I figure that you must have to strategize on that a bit as you were taking individuals from a system that they really knew to something that they didn't know at all, uh, you know, were you guys, how did you start positioning that once you, once you had said, okay, we're going to go this direction?
2: That was tough. Uh, there was, there was a lot of skepticism at first. Um, a large chunk of, of the users didn't even think it was going to actually happen that we were just kind of blowing smoke, but, you know, so when, when we made the announcement that that we were going to make this change at first, ever, the majority of, of the people were a little apprehensive. You know, we, we have probably about a 50-50 percent uh, demographic of people over 40 versus, less, you know, under 40. So the, the older demographic was, was definitely much more apprehensive, considering um they had been on togeta for a very long time uh, so you know just that that fear of change uh, was something that we definitely had to uh, to get them to overcome uh, we you know as as the process was was continuing on and as we were uh, you know achieving milestones of hey okay we got this integration built it's coming soon uh, you know we were sharing that information out with everybody and it, it, it was, was pretty well received. Uh, fortunately, you know, we had really good support from the owner and from our president, who was consistently, you know, preaching and praising, you know, that this decision was going to make make uh, our lives uh, a little bit easier once we get over the hurdle. And
0: um, Chris, talk talk about that a, a little bit more. Kind of management buy-in, you know, uh, and I guess. The core of my question is: uh, so many agency owners, management, are reluctant. I'm trying to think. That's not even a strong enough word to bet on a new vendor, uh, from a financial stability standpoint. From a you know, are they going to be around? Uh, do they have what we need? Uh, how how was that? How did you either present that, and/or how did they respond in in kind of that final decision? Because it was a it was you know it's a big decision and a huge decision, and there was some risk involved. Yeah, big time. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Um, Well, at the get go, our president was was very uh, hesitant because she, as well, knew you know what was at at stake. You know, we obviously can't risk being in a transition and oops, you know, we forgot this procedure, which ends up leading to some, you know, major E&O issues or something or Mm -hmm. claims without coverage or or whatnot. So at the beginning, she was very cautious. Uh, It took quite a bit of convincing from, from my side, from the department heads. So when we had before we even had even made the decision, we had every department head sit in, and a number of um, demos and hands-on, and kind of going through what you know the capabilities of the system were, and uh, they and I were you know all for it, and so after about a month of of you know discussions with her, then she was like, okay, we can do this. It's going to be great. And then once she made that decision and and accepted that this was the way that we kind of all decided was, you know, the right way to go, I mean, she was fully on board, which was great because um, that needed to happen. If if she was, you know, kind of throwing digs in the background to, you know, other people or making comments, word spreads like, you know, like,
1: Wildfire, like, yeah. like, wildfire. like oh, wildfire. Oh, wildfire, yeah. no question. Yeah, no so question. What was you, um, was there one pivotal thing that that you guys you know brought to her, or or that she said, "Yes, now I see." You know, during that month, what was what was the the compelling business advantage that she could see that you helped articulate that helped solidify that in her mind?
2: Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, I would probably say quote tracking. So the way that we used to do things um, is we would start out in our desktop raider to generate a quote for a client, and then if the client decided to purchase the policy, they would then bridge that information into Sajita and continue the you know the completion of that sale. But the desktop raider's reporting and data structure was just really ugly, so we could never have true Real good um, metrics on close ratios, you know, following up, X dating, all that good stuff. And so, when with moving into Tekkenary, we completely changed the flow of that process and said, okay, everything is starting in Tekkenary because Tekkenary Tech, has what they call a new quote flow, and it's almost an interview process. So, it, you know, it asks you questions and it takes in the data that that you need. And then that once you complete that process, that information is stored in TechCanary because so now we can report on that. And now we can, you know, have better metrics in terms of who's closing, you know, what their ratio is. Hey, we got all these unsold quotes. Let's go back and get them. Um, so that potential for... Uh, better quote management and
1: and ultimately gro- growth, right? I mean, lo- long term, it was a scalable growth in, in an efficient way, right? I mean, absolutely, that's awesome. I mean, so, you know, from from your from your experience, do the users like the interface better than one of the things Steve had mentioned earlier in an earlier episode is. From from an IT perspective, the tools that we provide our account managers and employees are often indicative of how forward-thinking we are. You know, if somebody comes and sits down at Sejita, you know, does that automatically put that employee in a mindset of, wow, this is legacy? And inversely, do you feel like it puts your employees in a more empowered state to be using something that's as modern because you guys are on the lightning interface you guys are using the full-blown right i mean it, it's we, we
2: are on the lightning yeah the new lightning ui which is one of the reasons why we had gotten pushed back uh, a little bit because a few months into our uh, onboarding process we were talking with the project managers and stuff and they're like you guys want to just go straight to lightning it's probably better instead of having to learn what they call classic and then you know when you make that decision to switch, then you've got to relearn everything all over again. Um, so, Chris,
0: Chris, explain for our listeners, uh, Lightning, what, what sure. do you mean?
2: Uh, Salesforce, just they, they ended up coming out with a, a new UI.
0: What User interface, were, what you <laughs> look yeah, at, what you right. look at, yeah.
2: And, and that, they refer to it as the Lightning interface. Um,
0: so that's the most modern version
1: currently of Salesforce?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And do, you, do the users like it? The, the, yeah, yeah. But pretty matters. I mean, I used to hate pretty, right? I mean, damn. I, I know you did. I did. But but pretty does matter, right? I mean, are you do are you is it more easy for them to understand for for the, the maybe the new up and coming individuals that that are less entrenched? I mean, have you found that to help the the overall employee experience? Yeah,
2: definitely. Our uh, our our. More recent employees uh, love it. They, I've, we've gotten lots of comments, uh, you know, alluding to how much they really enjoy using the system. Um, just from a you know visual perspective, from a navigation perspective, um, the old ones not so much. You know, the, the long time ones sure. have been with us sure. for a little bit, but it, it'll take you it'll take time for them to get used to it. Um, it, it it flows a lot nicer. I guess I get the advantage of saying that because I've been using it myself privately right. for about 12 months. Um, and they've only been on it for, you know, going on three now. So, uh
1: well, it'll be interesting to check back in with you in a couple of months to see what other value you guys have been able to elicit from that. We're getting close to time, but yeah. I just wanted to, to 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 thank you. I'm going to hand this back to Steve. Chris, I love you, brother. I'm glad as hell you're here with us today, and Steve's going to walk you out. Yeah, Chris. Uh, again, thanks
0: for being with us. Just a, a great story and experience, and, and I think listeners, you know, can gain a lot from you, know, you pioneering the way with you know, a few, <laughs> maybe a few arrows in the back there. But uh, absolutely, if people have more questions uh, for you, uh, what's the best way to uh, reach out and connect with you? Email. Okay.
2: Absolutely. My email address is chris c h r i s. R at magnum
0: Great well, that's great. Again, thanks so much for being on here. And uh, I think maybe, Ryan, we
1: might have to follow up in a few months just to kind of see where things are. What I told Kay was I'm going to let Chris get in production for 18 months, and then she <laughs> and I are going to take the agency up there up and check there. it out. There yeah. you go. Because, I mean, it's brave. It's brave. It is brave, yeah, I mean, no, it,
0: it, especially for a, a, an organization that size. And, again, I, I'll just say for our listeners, you know, they are unique in terms of their uh, non-standard autofocus doesn't mean you shouldn't consider these options but you've heard uh, what Ryan and I've talked about in previous episodes the open platform the the ability to do things to plug in an app just like your phone all of those are potentially game changers
1: uh, for the right organization with the right mindset. I think reallocation of revenue from employees that do processing to employees that solve business problems is the core fundamental of what Chris gains long-term. So, yeah, absolutely. We- well,
0: Chris, thanks uh, for being with us. And uh, everyone else, thanks for listening in. Uh, as always, if you have questions or comments, let us know. And uh, look forward to having you on our next episode. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Send us your questions and comments, and if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio provides insurance agents a first-rate client experience by turning the application, renewal, and Accord submission process into an easy-to-use, fully digital experience. As a result, Agencies using Indio are able to retain and acquire more business. To learn more about Indio and why agencies such as Risk Strategies, ABD, and Heffernan Insurance use Indio, go to www.useindio.com. That's use, U-S-E,